You are welcome to this wonderful moment that something new is about to take place over your life. And I want to challenge you that I know you have heard many times the word spoken and you have received many times the word of life. But this is a challenge to you that God is about to shock you. Hallelujah. God is about to surprise you. God is about to speak something that is fresh, something that will make you wonder that where was this word all my life? Because it will take you to where you need to be. Hallelujah. Not where you want to be, but where you ought to be. Where God has destined you to be. Praise the Lord. Now there's a difference between where you want to be and where God desires you to be. The difference is that where you want to be can be temporary. Praise the Lord. But where God wants you to be is permanent. It is strategic and it is for your good and your benefit. Where God desires you to be is such a place where grace will find you, where favor will find you, where you are going to attain victory upon victory. Praise God. So I want you to, if, if, you are, if you are with someone while watching this, I want you to turn to them and say to them, this is my moment. This is my moment. And I want to say thank you for tuning in so that you can be with us. It's so important um, that we always feast from the table of the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, today we are going to share the wonderful word and um, we'll be looking at the book of Judges, um, chapter 6. The book of Judges, chapter 6. And uh, before we read the book of Judges, chapter 6, I want to speak a little bit about a report. The message is not only a report that we are sharing, but before we go into the word that God has given me to share with us tonight or this afternoon, I would like to speak just a little bit about a report. Now, a report is um, anything that is given, um, you know, to, to provide an account of an event. Praise the Lord. And this report that is given an account of an event can either be given by someone that heard by first hand or someone that was observing or someone that was part of whatever was taking place and they're giving an account of what happened or after an investigation has taken place. Then what follows is a report. Praise the Lord. Now, a report is meant to have facts. It, it's meant to be factual in order for it to carry weight. It must bear facts and not just give stories, but it must bear actual details of what took place. Praise the Lord. The danger of a report is when a report is given by a third person, then some of the details are left out. Are you with me? When you are reading and studying the word of God, every time you hear that the angel of the Lord appeared, it was first-hand information that God sent his angel or his representative to go and speak something to a person. First-hand information coming from the presence of God to deliver a message. The Bible says as Daniel was busy fasting and praying, what transpired was God sent the angel of news, Gabriel, to go deliver a message, first-hand information of what was taking place. 
when Abraham was, um, you know, sitting in the heat of day, you know, uh, at his tent door, the Bible says that he saw three men, and when he approached them and began to communicate, these men were sent by the Father himself. The Bible says one of them was the angel of the Lord himself. So the news that they were giving him, the report that they were giving him was first-hand information. The same three men, when they arrived in Sodom and Gomorrah, where Lot was, it was first-hand information that was being delivered to him on what he needed to do. Amen. Let me take you to Noah. When Noah was instructed to build the ark, the Bible is saying that he was given first-hand information on the dimension of the, the boat that he was creating. He wasn't reading it off anywhere or he wasn't told just by anybody, but it was first-hand information, fact, details of how he had to form it and when he had to go into it and how long he had to wait there until everything had finished. First-hand information via report. Before Christ was born, the Bible says that, um, you know, prophecies were given, prophets were speaking, news was heard, but it was those that were giving first-hand information that were listened to. John the Baptist was one of them. The Bible says he went out and he was speaking, saying, prepare ye the way. Why? Because he was a messenger carrying first-hand information of the report about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So I am here taking this time just to speak about a report that there is a report right now that God is about to deliver about your situation. All you need to do is to take that report and run with it. Hallelujah. The report about your condition, if you can listen to what God is saying about it, then there is time for you to receive your healing. If you can pay attention to the report about your finances, then God can indeed change that. If you can pay attention of the report that God is saying about your destiny, then trust me, your destiny will take shape. There are times where your destiny appears like it is shapeless. You look at it and it appears like you are not moving. It seems like there is no future. But once you listen to the report that God is giving about your destiny, then it begins to take shape. You see the light. You begin to enjoy. Why? Because first-hand information is given about your future. When you allow God to speak a report about your marriage, your relationships, and everything that you are involved with, things begin to make sense. Why? First-hand information via report that God is given over your life. Hallelujah. I needed to get that out of the way so that you understand what is happening right now because you have servants of God coming to you different times, different days and sharing reports. I need you to pay attention to every report, whether a man of God, a woman of God, a prophet of God, a pastor, a prophet, a teacher, anyone that is coming to share the word. I would like to ask you to pay attention to that report because it can be a life-defining report. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Judges chapter 6. Um, and before we read, I want to pray. Father, I thank you for the word that I'm about to read and to share with your people. I know that God, you are a father whose report is first-hand, for you said in the book of Ecclesiastes that there is time for everything. And this is the time that, Father, you are about to speak a word that is going to change the lives of your people. 
someone is tired i know now my father of their situation of what is happening around them and thank you for this report that is coming to tell them that you are delivering them in the name of jesus someone who has been tired of their condition their health condition thank you that this report is coming to them to say that lord you have healed them in the name of jesus someone who was tired of the story of their finances or their status you are coming with a report to say to them that through your poverty they are meant to be rich for your word says christ that you became poor so that they may be rich thank you that indeed you are transforming their situation right now May you receive the honor, Lord. May you receive the honor that the lie which the devil had placed in them, the seed of a lie that the devil was saying to them, they would not amount to anything. Thank you for this report is coming to plant a new seed of hope, to plant a new seed of direction, to plant a new seed of guidance in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that indeed their life will never be the same because of this report. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Judges chapter 6, the message that we are talking about um, this moment is, who sees your tears? <laughs> who sees your tears? Let's say that one more time. Who sees your tears? Now, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're a boy, a girl, a child, whether you're a servant of God or not a servant of God, whatever position, whatever race, whatever age, at some point you have shed a tear in your life. The question is, who sees your tears? When you are shedding your tears, who sees those tears? Who are you shedding your tears in front of? Praise the Lord. Judges chapter 6, verse 1. Let's read verse 1. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. The Bible is saying the children of Israel committed evil in the sight of the Lord. And what the Lord did in turn was not to argue with them, but he turned them to the enemy. He said, listen, I'm going to put you in the hand of your enemy, the Midian, so that you can see how life is when you have done evil to the Lord. So that you can see how life is in the absence of God. Praise the Lord. Seven years of hardship. Seven years of pain. Seven years of no fruits, seven years of being tormented, seven years of torture, seven years of being laughed at, seven years of barrenness, seven years of being mocked, seven years of not experiencing joy, seven years of looking around and not seeing direction or hope at all, seven years. Why? Because of committing evil in the sight of the Lord. Verse number two. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. The children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was whenever Israel had sworn. Now this is serious stuff. Look at verse number 3. The word of God is saying, so it was whenever Israel had sworn. Midianites would come up also, Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. 
then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no substance. Pay attention to that. The word of God is not saying left some substance. No. The Bible is saying after they would go in the field and they would you know, plant their seed, after they would work hard, after they would make all the effort, all the preparations, all the plan, what would happen is the enemy would show up out of nowhere and the enemy would take everything that belonged to them and leave nothing for them. Seven years, think about it. Seven, we're not talking about seven days or seven weeks or seven months, but the Bible is saying seven years where the children of Israel were trying their best to do things or to make things work, but nothing was working out. Imagine waking up early in the morning, going to the field, preparing, doing everything right, you know, putting your, you know, uh, preparing your land, sowing your seed, putting your fertilizer, and then uh, perhaps, uh, you know, waiting for the rain to come, and the crops grow, and you're excited that, you know, you're going to have a produce, but before you know it, everything is gone, and the enemy has taken it. Imagine waking up in the morning, going to work or to your place of business, you conduct your business or you work, come month end when you're supposed to be paid, as soon as the money comes in, the enemy takes it off. You are left with nothing. Imagine the preparations that you want to get married. You have done everything right. You have put everything in order. Come the day when it is supposed to happen, someone takes your wife or your husband from you. Imagine having to spend a good nine months, you know, carrying your child as a woman. And then the enemy comes and takes that child from you. Hallelujah. This is serious stuff. The Bible is saying seven years. Why? Because of doing evil in the sight of the Lord. My question again is, who sees your tears? Look at verse number um, four. It says, then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no substance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. Nothing. Verse number five. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents coming in the numerous as locusts. <laughs> not just one enemy, not just two or five or ten, but the Bible is comparing them to locusts. That's how they were coming, to take everything that belonged to the children of Israel. The hope lost. Praise the Lord. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. Hmm. Verse number six is where the stuff is getting serious. So Israel was greatly impoverished. Now, the Bible does not miss words. The word of God does not miss words. It is not just saying that they became poor. No, but the word of God is saying Israel was greatly impoverished. Think of that word. It is a qualifying word. It is saying the nature of the poverty was so great. The level of poverty that they experienced was so great. Why? Because they committed evil in the sight of the Lord. Remember, I said this last time that you and I are always in the presence of the Lord. Watch out what you are doing. Be careful of the things you are saying. Be careful of your actions. Why? Because God is always witnessing everything you are doing. 
Look at what happened to these people. God's called, God's own people, God's beloved. He had to send a Moses just for them. He had to send them in the wilderness. The Bible says the soles of their feet did not develop anything. You know, no rash, no, no wounds while they were in the wilderness. They were okay. They managed to walk around without issues. Why? God was with the same people. By day, he was there protecting them, covering them, the same people. At night, he was there making sure they were safe, the same people. He would bring food. The only people in the Bible recorded that God gave food which belonged to the angels. The only ones. Not even our time now have we experienced such a miracle where God has taken the food of the angels to give us. But the same people went and committed evil in the sight of the Lord. And God had to turn a blind eye and say, listen, I'm going to teach you a lesson. What a lesson. Seven years of famine. Seven years of hardship. Seven years of trouble. Seven years of pain, seven years of embarrassment, seven years of shame. Praise the Lord. Greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of, the, of Israel, what did they do? Verse number six, they cried out to the Lord. Who sees your tears? After everything has been said and done, after the challenges have been faced, after the battles have been fought, after, you know, all the things that you have gone through, when you cry your tears, who do you cry unto? Mm. Who do you turn to and you cry? Are we turning to our friends and we are crying to our friends? What solution are we going to get? Are we turning to our siblings and we are crying? What assistance are we going to get? Are we turning to our neighbors and we are crying? What assurance are we going to get? Are we turning to society and cry, what guarantee are we going to get? The Bible is saying, after the seven years, after the children of Israel reached a point where things were impossible to achieve, there was no hope. I believe some were even dying. And the Bible is not saying it, but I believe it was so intense here that things were just too much. The Bible says they realized that the only person to turn to with our tears is God the Creator. The one whom we have wronged. If we cry unto him, perhaps he can do something. Hallelujah. Verse number 7. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel. Who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. Here is something for you. Most of us have gone through tough times, difficult times, situations, and we have complained to men. How many times have you, or can you say, that they were able to resolve your issues? How many of us can, uh, you know, boldly say that when I went and I cried to my friend or my neighbor, you know, about my problem, they were able to offer me a solution? How many can say that when I was not well in my health, I cried out even to the medical doctor who was giving me the bad news and my situation changed? How many can say that when I, you know, when I, when I received that letter or that notice that I was going to be evicted, I cried to the landlord, the landlord made me stay for free. How many can say that? How many can say that when I didn't have any finances to pay for my academics, my studies, and I cried to the dean or the finance office, they made me to study for free? How many can come and say that? 
How many can say when my marriage or my relationship was on the rocks about to break or fall apart and I was busy crying, then everything changed just by crying to near people? How many can say, you know, I, I loved the prayer that uh, Pastor Kennedy led us about offices and applications, that you know if you have made applications um, in different offices. Now think about it. How many people that have made applications for their citizenship or naturalization? or refugee status, whatever application that has been made regarding staying in a, in a nation. How many can say that because they cried to the immigration officials, the documents were handed to them? The question is, who sees your tears? Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. You see, the message is clear and simple, that today you and I need to change our attitude about our tears. We need to change our attitude about our complaints. Who do we tend to when things are tough? Who do we tend to when things are not working out? Who do we tend to when things seem to be impossible? Who do we tend to when the journey appears to be impossible for us to make it? I mean, look at six months gone already in the year because of COVID-19, where lockdowns and people not being able to carry out businesses, so many things has happened. If we are going to cry to one another, is that going to change anything? The World Health Organization, if they are going to go out and cry about no vi uh, vaccine or solution, will that change anything? It will take you and I the way it has taken us to be crying to the Lord for God to change situations the way it's been changing now. It takes God, it takes your tears to be seen by the Father who cares, who created you, for him to have that compassion to say, ah, it is indeed enough, I need to do something about the situation. Your tears before God never fall on the ground where they are not collected, but God is a collector of your tears. Mm. Ah, I like that. God, you know, on earth we have God collectors items, you know, different likes that, you know, you say I collect books, I collect model cars, I collect shoes, I collect suits, you know, different items. And God is a collector of your tears. Mm -hmm. Every tear that you shed before him, he keeps it and there will be a time when he's going to answer because of that tear. There will be a time when he's going to say, my daughter cried for so long because of this situation. Something needs to happen. My daughter was sitting my face in fasting in prayer for because of this condition. Something must be done. There will be a time where you say this couple, this family was shedding tears in my presence because of this condition. Something needs to happen. He is a God who repays people. He, he, he knows when to repay you and I. He knows when to come through for you and I. Only if we are crying unto him. Hallelujah. The Bible says he sent out a messenger, a prophet, after seven years, when they realized that, ah, we need to cry unto God. The Bible says a prophet appeared. And good news. Look at this, verse number nine. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their hand. Now, Remember, we were talking about a report earlier. The prophet is coming first with a report. If you look at verse number 8 to verse number 10, the prophet is first bringing a report to say, listen, is it not God that did A, B, C, D for you? 
He is bringing them to remembrance with a report to first say, listen, we are well aware in heaven of the things that God has done for you, but it appears like you had forgotten. You had to be reminded because when you, as a child of God, have walked away from the path of the Father, something has to happen for you to be reminded. Praise the Lord. If life continues to be normal for you while you have walked away from the path of God, you will never get back in line. But something has to go off one way or another. Something has to happen in order for you to get back in line. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If he is an example that you can relate to as parents, if you have got a child who is misbehaving, and while the child is misbehaving, you continue to buy the child everything they are asking for. You continue to do everything that they are looking for. Do you think that child will ever change? It won't happen. It will take you as a parent to say, listen, I'm going to stop doing A, B, C, D for you until you change your behavior. When that happens, the child will then realize that, ah, I think this needs to change. Praise the Lord. What am I saying? It takes you to realize that you are doing the wrong thing before God for you to cry unto the Lord. It takes you to find out that the situation I am in cannot be of God, therefore I need to cry out unto the Lord. If you think it is your own doing, you cannot cry unto the Lord. Only when you know that I am being attacked, I am being accused falsely, and you turn and say, Lord, what is the meaning of this? Mm -hmm. Then God can step in and do something. If you think your condition is because your father also had the same condition, or your mother, your grandmother, your grandfather, maybe your lineage, then there is no way you can cry unto God. It takes you to realize that this is abnormal. Why? Christ died for me. This is abnormal. Why? He says that by his stripes I am healed. Why am I experiencing this condition? Then you cry unto, Lord, unto the Lord. Then only will God step in. Why? You have realized that this is not in the will of God for your life. Praise the Lord. We have, we have to be attentive about our life in order for us to answer the question, who are we going to cry unto? Who is going to see our tears? Stock taking every moment of our life is very important for us to continue taking stock, looking around and realizing who has been doing what in our life. The Bible says it is he that gives you and I the power to make wealth. Oh, yeah. The Bible also says it is not by power, nor by might, but by his spirit. When you are reading the word and you are saying, I am more than a conqueror, it doesn't end there. But it says, through who? Through Christ Jesus, who strengthens you and I. So there is always that acknowledgement or that credit that goes back to him, that this is because of the Father. Therefore, you can go before him and cry unto him and say, Lord, I need more. Jabez prayed a prayer. He said, what? Enlarge my territory. Who was he talking to? Who was he crying unto? It was God. He realized that only God has the capability of enlarging a territory to the level that he wanted. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You have to understand who sees your tears. Who should see your tears? Who is worthy of seeing your tears? I believe in heaven there is a safe. I believe in heaven there is a jar, an ocean that keeps your tears. I believe there is a special angel whose duty, whose responsibility is to make sure that every tear that you are shedding in his presence, he is recording, he is taking account of it. Why? A day will come when answers has to fall. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If it is demons who have been oppressing you and you are crying unto him, I believe that there is a special time where he has to say, listen, it is high time that I have to answer. A demon cannot oppress my son or my daughter. It is not possible. Something has to happen. But only if you know who you need to cry unto. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. Amen. Wow. Look at, look at verse number... Um, now, from verse number 11, it is speaking about the angel of the Lord appearing unto Gideon. Now, go unto verse number 13. It says, Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Does that sound familiar? You're saying, but if God, if indeed I am a child of God, why am I facing this? If indeed I'm your servant Jehovah, why am I facing a dry season, a dry patch? If indeed I have given my life to you, Christ, who lives forever, then why this condition? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Gideon was in the same situation where he was saying, Lord, why is this happening to us? He did not have the knowledge that in verse number one, people had committed evil. But the beauty is, again, in verse number one, when they went and cried out unto him in verse number six, then the situation was turning around. And it says, and where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? Another report. But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Jump verse number 15. So he said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Does that sound familiar? You are saying, but I am only an African. But I am only a woman. I am only young. But I don't, I don't even have any wealth, any money. How am I going to achieve this? Maybe you are saying, I'm not even a pastor. I'm not even a prophet. I'm not even a servant of God who has been ordained or anointed to do the work. How am I going to win a soul? I am here to say to you, it is not about being ordained. It is about God trusting you with a life. God can use anyone and will use anyone at any time. That's why the Bible says if no one can worship or praise him, he is capable of raising stones to praise him. Why? He is God. Hallelujah. Amen. Who sees your tears? Praise the Lord. Who is worthy of seeing your tears? Now you jump to verse number 22. The Bible says, Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. The same Gideon, when you go on to verse number, I believe from 28, you find out that um, when you speak about the prophets of Baal, it's the same man Gideon that experienced that miracle. That he was able to destroy prophets that were doing evil. Why? Because he realized that God is the one who is worthy of our tears. He is worthy of your voice. He is worthy of your prayer. He is worthy of your time. He is worthy of your effort. He is worthy of you saying that I am going to devote my life to serving him. He is worthy of you saying that I want to change my ways to please him. Why? Because he is a creator. He is your maker. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He, in Him is the fullness of glory, the fullness of life. In Him, there is nothing that is lacking, nothing that is missing. In God, there is no weakness. In God, there is no spot. Hallelujah. 
If you're looking at gold as a white piece of paper, there is nothing that you can see on it. It remains white all the time. Why? Because that's how pure he is. He is a genuine father. He will not say one thing to you and go behind you and change it. No. When he says yes, it is yes. When he blesses you, it remains a blessing. When he opens, it remains open. Why? He is God who is genuine. Hallelujah. He has got no limit, no limitation, nothing. No one can search him and finish him. He remains unsearchable. Now, listen to this. Praise the Lord. We are talking about what? Who sees your tears? Let me remind you of a few people, a few things. Number one was Hezekiah. What did Hezekiah do? He cried unto the Lord for 15 years to be added unto his life. That's 2 Kings chapter 20. Let me remind you of Christ himself. The Bible says Christ, when he was on the cross, he cried out. Matthew chapter 27 verse 50. Let me remind you of Hannah. The Bible says it reached a point where she had enough. And in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 9, she had to cry out. Blind Bartimaeus, when he was tired of the condition and heard that the Messiah was passing by, in Mark chapter 10 verse 46 to 52, he cried out. So the, the key is who you cry out before is what matters. Praise the Lord. It is not about how severe the condition is. It is not about how long you have been in the condition. It is about realizing who you need to cry out to. In the book of James, the Bible says, If any of you lack what wisdom, let him ask of who? Of God. So when you reach a point where you know here the wisdom must only come from God, when you make that decision and you ask him, he is able to grant unto you what you are looking for. Praise the Lord. That's why Christ had to say, ask and it shall be given. That's the knowledge, the revelation of knowing that if I ask the Father, he is the one that gives me. If you seek from him, if you seek in his presence, then he is the one that can make you to find what you are looking for. If you are knocking before him, he is the one that can open doors that were locked for a long time. Those that perhaps didn't even have a lock or for you to put a key in, he can create a door out of any situation. Praise the Lord. Haven't you heard about Peter when he was in prison, how severe his, the situation was? But the Bible says that God was able to make a way in that situation, in that situation, in the same prison cell. He was able to come out, Paul and Silas, in prison. They were able to step out. Why? Because of understanding who to give praise to. Know who to worship. Know who to praise. Know who to sing before. Know who to please in your life. Hallelujah. The time for pleasing people is over. Your focus has to be to please God every day of your life. Hallelujah. You never please a man enough for them to appreciate you. You never please anyone enough for them to appreciate you. In fact, because I'm a human, even for me as a servant of God or as a man or as a husband, a father, an uncle, whatever role, um, there will be a time where I might be unable to appreciate your efforts. But only God will never, never not be able to appreciate you. He's a father who will always appreciate you. Why? You are his beloved. He says you were created in his likeness. In his own image. Pastor Mark has been speaking about the image of God. Your identity. No, no identity crisis. You can only say that boldly and proudly when you know who you are. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. 
You can only stand before a demon and declare that bow when you know who you are. You cannot say such statements if you don't know your identity. You cannot call for healing if you don't know your identity. You cannot call for change when you don't know your identity. You have to know your rights in the Lord for you to be able to stand out and speak things. Mountains cannot bow before you if you don't know your rights as a child of God. Christ understood his rights. That's why he was able to command the sea. When he said, peace be still, why? He knew that he is above all of that. So when you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you can boldly speak to anything at any time and expect positive results. Why? You know who you are. Who sees your tears? Now, I want to pray with you. And um, if you are there, you're watching with us and you are saying, but pastor, um, I, I don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus I, I don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know how I can uh, know when to cry unto the Lord. I don't even know how to begin to cry unto the Lord. Please help me. Then I am going to pray with you so that you can be at a point to give your life to Jesus. It is so important that you turn from your old ways and you give your life to him to be Lord and Savior to lead you, to be in control, to be in charge, to be the one that goes before you. Every step as you are moving forward, he is already ahead of you. Before you take any turn, whether to the left or to the right, he is already there before you. Therefore, you cannot be robbed of your blessings. Why? Christ is always around you. The Holy Spirit is always with you. Therefore, you are always helped. Even when things appear to be impossible, you know you can come out of that. Why? The helper is always in and with you. Hallelujah. So just close your eyes wherever you are and I would like to pray with you. Father, I thank you and I bless you this moment. I honor you for your son, your daughter, who is saying right now that they would like to begin this walk with you, Jesus. What a wonderful walk. This is a walk of life. This is a walk oh, yes. for eternity. Oh, this is a walk Jesus. that shows light. This is a walk that brings love. A walk of companion. Your word says that two people cannot walk together unless they agree. Only when they agree can they walk together. Lord, I pray as they make this declaration, this agreement, this covenant with you that they are going to be walking with you. I pray that may you go into their heart as they believe and they accept you. I pray, Jesus, that may you fill and occupy them this moment in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I ask that indeed may you surround and fill them right now in the name of Jesus. Even while they are in their rooms, in their hotels, rooms in their houses their living rooms wherever they may be right now Lord I pray that the Spirit of God may you fill them in the name of Jesus yes let them begin to speak and have that hunger and the desire in them to serve you Jehovah let them begin to yearn for worship to yearn for praise to yearn to sing songs of glory unto you Lord let them begin to desire more of your word of life to seek to search the scriptures for the word that guides and directs Father, I thank you for that soul. I thank you for that life that you have added unto your kingdom, Lord. Thank you for heaven is celebrating. The Bible says there is joy in heaven over one soul that repents. Let there be joy, unspeakable joy in your presence because of the new souls that we are winning through this platform. My Lord, I honor you and I thank you. The word that we have shared tonight, I thank you that the tears will be seen by you, Jehovah. From now onwards, your people will learn to turn and shed their tears in your presence. Lord, I honor you and I thank you. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen.
Glory, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. What an awesome time in the presence of God. What a wonderful message we listened to. And as the message was going on, you know, I was just getting, receiving from the Lord. And more understanding was given.